we're in lesson 16. We're going to look at today about the issue of marriage. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. Now, if you've been around church a long time, if you've been uh, around Christianity a long time, sooner or later you will be familiar with this passage uh, with reference to marriage. And so we're going to look at this today. Uh, we're going to progress our way through it. But there, there's a couple of keys. The first thing we're going to look at is the key to this passage. In order for us to understand, actually, this lesson and the next lesson, there, there is a key to the passage. There's a key to understanding what's going on. And it's actually found in two different verses. First of all, it's found in verse 18 of chapter 5, where Paul writes, And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And then verse 21 says this, which is actually a result of verse 18, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. So, here's what I want you to do. two keys here. First of all, the spirit-filled life is the key to the relationship with your spouse. Now, above that word spirit-filled, you can also put spirit-controlled. We talked about that last week. The issue is, because we especially can see that when he draws the analogy between being drunk and being filled, the issue is control. And we have to remember, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about a person. We're talking about God. We're not talking about a force. We're not talking about a liquid. We're not talking about electricity. We're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity, we're talking about God. And we're talking about His control in our life. So, let me just stop for a moment. When we talk about the issue of marriage here, especially in this passage, let me remind you, just so that you understand what we're talking about here. Verse 18 through 21 in your Bible is one sentence in the Greek language. So if you remember last week when we looked at it, uh, the issue was being filled with the Spirit. And the results of that filling, he tells us there, is number one, Verse 19, we'll encourage each other, we'll worship the Lord, we'll be a thankful people, and then we'll submit to one another, we'll serve one another. That, that's the issue there. So then, what we see happening now in verses 22 all the way up to verse 9 of chapter 6, he's going to illustrate what that submission is. He's going to illustrate what that submission is. So today's is actually talking about the issue of submission in a marriage. And so the key to it is that you are spirit-controlled in your life. Alright? Spirit-controlled. The other key that I want you to understand is, and so this is, this is a reality, you're going to have to come to grips with this. Your spiritual life and your relationship to your spouse are connected. Your spiritual life and your relationship to your spouse are connected. Now, over and over in the Scripture, you're going to find that. From the Old Testament to the New Testament. The Old Testament in Malachi, the prophet Malachi is writing, he's writing from the perspective of somebody who's crying out on God's altar, God, why aren't you listening to me? And God responds, well, I've been a witness between you and your spouse, and you haven't been doing right. So why should I listen to you? 
you know, you go all the way over to, to I believe it's First um, Peter, another passage there. He says, you know, husbands love your wives, and if you don't, I'm not going to hear your what? Prayers. So the reality is, your relationship with your spouse is connected to your relationship with your God. And, and you can't have exclusives. So sometimes, well, you know, I've got a terrible relationship with spouse, but me and Jesus are doing good. That's not possible. That's, that's not possible. You've got to have, there's got to be some progress there in your relationship with your spouse. Now, is that, you say, well, my spouse isn't a believer. Well, here's the thing. You still need to be progressing in your relationship. Your relationship with God is going to be reflected in your relationship with your spouse. Your relationship with your spouse is going to be reflected in your relationship with God. In fact, how I like to illustrate, and I didn't, I didn't put this illustration here in our, so I would show you on a diagram, but if you were to write a, here, draw a triangle on your paper. And at the base, put you and your spouse in each corner of that triangle. And at the top of the triangle, put God. So there's that relationship, that horizontal relationship between the two of you. And there's a vertical relationship between the both of you and God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I understand you're saying, well, what if my spouse is not saved? I understand that adds to it, but that, that's not an excuse. You still need to be who you are, and we're going to talk about that here in a moment. And, but you need to understand that your relationship with God is important. So let's get back to the first key. Let me just go back here, one thing. So this is why, because they're connected, the spirit-filled life is the key to your relationship with your spouse. Did you understand what I'm saying? If you're spirit-controlled, that's going to be a key in your relationship with your spouse. So here, here's what I'm doing. If, I, if I'm wanting to have a better relationship with my wife, I'm not just going to read a whole bunch of books on marriage enrichment, although that can be helpful. I'm also going to be what? Connecting with God to be a spirit-filled individual. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because they're both connected. Does everybody understand? All right, let, let's go on then. Here's what we're going to look at here. Let's look, first of all, we're going to look at the instructions to the wives. We're going to find these in verses 22 through 24, and then also part of verse 33. So notice with me verses 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. All right, so let's stop there for a moment. Let's talk about that issue, submit. This is very, uh, I'll be very honest with you, very controversial. This, this is the verse, verse 22, guys, that wives will hate if you use it like a weapon. Did you, you, ever, you ever seen Christian, Christian couples fight? They'll, they'll break out, the, the, you know, if, if the guy gets frustrated and it's not going his way, then he'll... I'll break out verse 22 of chapter 5 on you. It doesn't work. All you're doing is just going to get her madder. You're laughing, but it's true, okay? 
All right. Here, here, all right. Let's look. First of all, it's a command. Let's. Okay. So, if we're going to understand what it's saying here, let's realize what it's not saying. So, the first part is what submission is not. It's not suggesting that women are inferior to men. You know, I, I think back. Some of my roots when I first got saved, some of the circles that my church that I got, that I was a part of back then were in, were very uh, conservative, fundamentalist. And when you heard this passage talked about, or when you heard it talked about with reference to marriage relationships and the role of the spouse, I'll be honest with you, I heard more about the role of the spouse than I ever did about the role of a man. If you thought about that, you'd say, yeah, I agree. Okay. Here's what I'm saying. When you listen to it, there was almost an implication there that women were what? Inferior to men. This is not what the Bible's saying. It's not saying this in this passage. That's some dude who's got an ego implying something into this that's not there. The passage is not saying that women are inferior to men. In fact, guys, if we're honest with ourselves, they're a whole lot more superior to us in a lot of areas than, than, than we want to admit. All the ladies are nodding now. The guys are just like, what are you talking about? All right, here. Here's what I'm saying. Here's the next thing. It is not that women must be in subjection to all men in every situation. This is also another thing that is sometimes misused in our churches. This passage is used, misused in reference to women being in subjection to men. I'll be honest with you, that's not there. This passage specifically is talking about a marriage relationship. A little bit further on, it's talking with reference to um, the reality of a child to the parent. So a daughter to the father and mother. So we're not talking about women being subjected, subject to all men. So it's not talking about that. I mean, that's wrong. Now, here's the other one. Submission is not obedience. When we talk about the issue of submit, it's not talking about obedience. This is where you might say, well, I don't know, man, i got a problem with what you're saying, George. Well, let me just point something out to you. Paul uses here in verse 22, look, with, look in your Bibles. Verse 22, he says to the wives, submit to your husbands. Now, I want you to go over to chapter 6 which is the next section of instructions with reference to children and their parents, look what it says there. He says to them, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now here's what I want you to understand. The word submit in verse 22 and the word obey in verse 1 of chapter 6 are not the same words in the Greek. In the Greek, the word submit means submit. In the Greek, the word obey means obey. 
So I want you to notice, Paul, when he's writing this, if he was talking about wives being obedient to their husbands, he would have chosen which word? Obedient. He would have, he would have chosen obey. Did you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's not the same meaning there. The issue of submission is not the same meaning. Because if it is the same meaning, then we've got a problem with verse 21. Does everybody understand me? If, if it is the same meaning, we've got a problem with verse 21 then. Because in verse 21, it's telling all of us to be what? Submissive to who? To one another. So if that means we all need to, if it's the same meaning of obedience, when you look at verse 21, and let me just stop for a moment, the word submit in verse 21 is the same word as submit in verse 22. So if it is, if it is obedience, then we've got a big problem because then we're supposed to, every one of us here, obey each other. Now what kind of life would that be? Sam says, George, I need a cup of coffee. Okay. I'll go get it. Sam, I need a cheeseburger. See ya. Do you know what I'm saying? It'd be craziness. Do you know what I'm saying? That's not the issue here. So what I'm trying to say to you is, is when we look at this whole issue of submission, here's what it's not. It's not suggesting that women are inferior. It's not saying that women are to be in subjection to all men at all times. It's not saying that. And the issue isn't obedience. Because that's not what the passage is saying. So you say, okay, what is it? Here's what it is. A voluntary, a voluntary response to God's will to give up one's independent rights. It's a voluntary response to God's will to give up one's independent response, excuse me, rights. It's a voluntary thing. Where you give up your rights in a relationship. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Now, do you understand why the key to this is the spirit-controlled life? Do you understand now why? Because if I'm not spirit-controlled, that means I'm what? Self-controlled. And if I'm self-controlled, that means I'm what? Self-focused. Another word means I'm selfish. Alright? Now listen to me. If I'm selfish, how much am I going to want to give up my rights? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that at all. So the issue then is, is that I voluntarily give it up. Now again, let's talk about submission, not just with reference to the wives in verse 22, but also let's talk about it with reference to each of us in verse 21. In verse 21, I'm to be what? Voluntarily giving up my rights with reference to who? Everyone else. And that's a direct what? Result of a spirit-controlled life. Okay? So, it's a voluntary action, but again, let's make the point here. 
both the husband and wife are what? Equal. Now, to give you an illustration, let me give you an illustration of what I'm talking about here, because you're saying, man, how's that possible? Well, we have an illustration before us in the Bible of what submission is. Because I think everyone here is, is, understands the concept of the Trinity, right? As much as we can understand it. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. Three persons in one God. And we understand their relationship to each other. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now they're all equal. Does everybody understand? But what is the re- who does the Son submit to? He voluntarily gives up what he wants for the Father. Who does the Spirit submit to? He voluntarily gives up his right for who? Jesus and the Father. See, they are in submission. That is our that is our picture here. That's the picture of what it means to have submission. And so, here's what I'm saying. The point is is that it's not that you are better than your spouse, guys. She's your equal. Okay? She's your equal. Back Peter there is a parallel passage here, First Peter chapter 3. Peter says this to the guys. Being heirs together, verse 7, of the grace of life. You are heirs with her of the grace of life. Alright? Now let's go on then. So what is the commandment here? Here's what the command stated is. Wives are to place themselves under the leadership of their husbands. Wives are to place themselves under the leadership of their husbands. Now, here's what I want you to do. If you've got, a piece, if you've got one of the books here that we were... Put a big star by this. And, and here's what you're going to write down. This seems impossible. Now let's let's bank here for a little bit. Let's let's stop because here here's what's going to happen. You you might be looking at this and you're saying, "Well, you don't know what kind of leader he is." I understand that. I make better decisions than he does. Probably. But that doesn't change what the command is. Now do you understand why the key to this is a spirit-controlled life? See, I want you to notice the issue is placing yourself under the leadership of someone. You may not like his leadership, but that's where you're going to have to have God help you do what God's asking you to do. Did you understand what I'm saying? It, you can't change that. There's no asterisks there. I mean, everybody, everybody look at your Bible. Is, is, there, is there a footnote there? It's like a number or something, and down at the footnote of your Bible, this is true in every situation except, and then it lists your reason. Is that there? Well, you could write it in, but that's adding to it, okay? It, it's not. This, this is the command. 
Now, here's the manner of submission. Again, our illustration. The model of submission for this submission is our submission to Christ. This is, this is the model of submission, is Jesus. Now, you're saying, now why in the world would he... Why would he write this? In fact, Paul's been accused from a passage just like this of being misogynist. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you may not know what that word means, but he's he's being accused of being a male chauvinist. All right, and so uh, there, there, and some of the women libbers today in in evangelical circles will look at this and say, well, you know, this is not part of the Word of God. This is just his radical viewpoint, patriarchal society, whatever. Well, Paul's going to go one step further beyond the command, verses 23 through 24. Let's look at this together. And you're going to see why he is telling us to do this. Here, look with me at verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So let's hear, let's, let's look at a couple things here. First of all, why? God has set up a line of authority. There's a divine order. In fact, if you go through many of the new te- uh, part of the New Testament, you'll con- you'll continually see this divine order that Christ, you know, God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of the church, the husband is the head of wife. That's a divine order. Some of the other passages will tell you that it goes all the way back from the beginning of how God created. He created Adam. And then out of Adam, he created who? Eve. So there's a divine order. So he has set up this line of authority. Now, this is something that really isn't an option whether or not you decide to accept it or not. There's this line of authority. Because we could come up with all kinds of reasons why we don't want to accept it. Because, well, you don't know the big mistake when I let him... I let him be a leader in the home. You don't know what big mistake he made. You don't know that decision that he did. You don't know how he messed up in this situation here. And, and that, 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 that's not possible. Okay, let's take the military for an example. How many of you were in the military? I was in the military. Okay, some of you were in the military. Okay, Tim's in the military right now, Okay. In the military, they have something they call the what? The chain of command. And at the top of the chain, of the food chain there in the military, is Barack Obama. He's the commander-in-chief. And then it goes all the way down. they got the secretary of whatever department you're in, whether you're in the Army or the, the Navy or the Air Force. And then it goes on down. And then you got your commanders. you got, you know, you got your unit leaders. And then all the way down. There's a food chain. Okay. And you got to follow. It's, it's, it's ingrained in you from day one that if you're going to do anything in the military, you got to follow your what? Your chain of command. Now, you want to know how to get in trouble in the military? You want to know how to get in trouble in the military? Try to bypass the chain of command. Because that will get you in trouble. That could get you in jail. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Because... That's the way, I mean, it's that rigid in the military. Now, God's not that rigid. 
You're not going to get thrown in jail. You understand what I'm saying? But it may affect your walk with him. Because remember what I said, they're connected. The relationship with your spouse is connected to your relationship with God. And so there's this divine order, this divine line of authority that God has. So the example is the submission of the church to Christ is our example. You know who, you know who the head of Kermitsville Christian Church is? It's not me. Do you know who the head of this church is? It's not the joint board of elders and deacons, I mean trustees. It's not. The head of this church is who? Jesus Christ. He's the head of our church. Bottom line. That's the authority. And so, here's the area of submission. Wives are to submit to their husband's leadership in everything. Now, Paul's going to... If we just left it right there, it'd be like, man, what a... Well, this is a lot. Well, let's go down to verse 33, because he's going to add one more explanation as to what he's talking about here, which I think is the key issue. Look with me at verse 33. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife, so he's talking to the men there, as himself, and then here's what he says to the wives, and let the wife see that she, what? Respects her husband. Now, isn't it interesting? You're going to find this in a moment because we're going to quit picking on the ladies and we're going to move to the men here in a moment. Okay? Isn't it interesting that in verse 22 he says the word submit. Now, with the wives he'll say love, but when he reiterates everything again at verse 33, he says to the men love, but he says to the women, he changes what he says here now to what the real issue is. The issue is what? Respect. It's an issue of respecting the leadership. Okay, So the issue of submission, if you really want to know what it has to do with, it's not you being a doormat. It's, not, it's, it's an issue of respecting your husband's leadership. Respecting it. Even though you may not agree with it. So let me, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I have everybody understand something here? Let me, before I make the point, let me, let me just kind of... Uh, how many of you have a boss over you? I'm not talking your spouse. How many of you have a boss over you? Now, for those of you who have a boss over you in your work situation, do you agree with every decision that he or she makes? How many of you agree with every decision your boss makes or directive that he gives at work? How many of you agree with that? Good, because I thought if somebody raised their hand, they're weird. Okay? All right? You're not going to agree with them. But you still have to what? Do it. Right? So here's the thing. You might be here and you might be saying, well, I don't, I don't, you don't understand. You're not going to agree with every decision he makes. I had a wise counselor once tell me this. 
the key to growing is learning how to work through your failures, and you need to allow your husband to fail. You know what I'm saying? Hey, how many of you love Hershey chocolate bars? How many of you love those? Okay. You know, when we go near Hershey, we always have to stop by Chocolate World to go through the tour so that we can get a free chocolate bar, except for the one year when they were giving away licorice, and Lori was upset, and, uh, you know, it's like, we came, I mean, they're pumping in all this chocolate, and they give you a Twizzler. Come on. All right. Do you know how many times Milton Hershey failed before he created Hershey chocolates? you know how many times? Anybody know? I think it was like three, three times. Three business ventures failed before. If you go to the Milton Hershey Museum, you'll know that, okay? Huh? Not me. Hers. Her mind was on the chocolate. My mind was on Fuddruckers that's nearby somewhere, okay? All right. So, uh, you know, here, here's what I was trying to say to you. Three times. Now, what if, if Mrs. Hershey said to him after the first time, That's it! We're not doing this anymore! You wouldn't have Hershey chocolate bars right now. Do you know what I'm saying? So, the issue is respecting them. Now, okay, let's turn our attention to husbands now. Are you ready, guys? I'm going to be rough on you. Because I've got to be rough on myself. Look with me at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her from the, with the washing of water by his word, that he might present to her a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. Okay, let's look here. First of all, the command. Husbands are to love their wives. And here's what I want you to do. As you're writing that point down, I want you to write this into the margin. He is speaking of more than just physical and emotional love. I want you to understand what I'm saying. He is speaking of more than just physical and emotional love. When he's talking about love here, we tend to default, okay? We all tend to default. We tend to default based upon what our culture says. And our culture, when it talks about love in a marriage relationship, what's the most prominent thing that you see on TV about love in a relationship? I heard mumbling. It's physical. Always physical. That is not the concept here. It, the concept is actually more of an all-encompassing love. 
It's not an erotic love he's talking about here. It's not even a brotherly love he's talking about here. It's an agape love that he's talking about. It's an all-encompassing love. And so it's, it's a love where you love their, them as a whole person. And, and for a wife, her needs is actually beyond what your needs are, guys. And so my, part of loving her is meeting her what? Needs. And we'll talk about that a little bit here in a moment. So the manner of love, our example of how we are to love, is Jesus. Let's just stop for a moment. Remember when we talked with the wives, we talked about submission being the issue of voluntarily giving up your rights. Remember when we talked about that? We said that earlier. And, and I said that just seems impossible. And, and that, that just seems like almost against the grain. That's why I'm saying the spirit-filled life has to control the issue. Remember I talked about that with wives. Here, guys, our example of the kind of love that we're to show our wives is the example that Jesus showed. And here's what he says. Look with me at verse 25. As Christ so loved, also loved the church, and what? Gave himself for her. So, can I, can I, if you want to write down, write down this. Sacrificial love. So just as she's supposed to give up her rights and submit to your leadership, you need to sacrifice whatever you want for her. You understand what I'm saying? You need to be willing to sacrifice what you want for her. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You can write, just like we wrote down impossible on that other one, you can write down impossible on this one as well because that just goes against human nature because remember I, we joked about this last week in the message in our house we, in fact we just joked about it here again recently and in our it seems like a weekly thing I've got to be constantly reminded it's all about you George well you know what when it's all about George it's not sacrificial love do you understand what I'm saying guys it's not about us in a marriage. Do, do you know what I'm saying? It's not about us. It's not about what we want. It's about her now. Loving her just as Jesus loved, which is a sacrificial love. And it's a self-sacrificing love. Because remember now, who did Jesus sacrifice? Himself for us. Did, did you understand what I'm saying? Again, you've got, you've got to understand the key then to be able to do that is what? Be spirit controlled. Be spirit controlled. Now, let's go on now. The description of the love. So he's going to talk about the love here in several ways. Number one, the husband is it's sacrificial. The husband has put the needs of his wife before his own. Now, some of you, that's just going to rub you wrong. Because it rubs me wrong. What do you mean? If, you know, if I'm, all I'm doing is meeting her needs, who's going to meet my needs? Uh, that's a wrong attitude. So you need to be sensitive to what her needs are, 
You need to put your her needs before your own. Here's the other one. The husband helps his wife to become all that Christ wants her to be. So again, you're equals. And so if, if I'm, if I'm going to purify her, notice that's what the word there, purify, is to become what God wants us to be, is not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse 27 is talking about there. I want her to become all that Jesus wants her to be. And let me just stop for that. Some of you will get threatened by that. Because that's a natural response. Because the threat there is, is okay, what does that mean? Is she going to... That just means I'm going to have to not... She's not going to... I can't be the leader! No, no. If she becomes all that Christ wants her to be, that means she's going to be what? Spirit-controlled, spirit-filled. And a spirit-filled, controlled life is going to be moving towards what? Respecting you as a husband. Did you understand what I'm saying? It's going to be moving there. So, it's sacrificial, it's purifying, it's caring. Here, notice something. He, it's, it's great. Verse 28. So ought husbands, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 29, he goes on, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So it's caring. What does that mean? Here, the husband cares for his wife as he would care for his own body. I mean, you're going to take care of you. Take care of her. This is the aspect of love that he's talking about here. Let's go on. A couple more things here. Unifying. The husband recognizes that they are not two, but one. This is not two individuals, two independent individuals in a home. It's one now. It's you and your husband. Your husband and wife. You and your wife. You're together. It's not about you anymore. It's about us. You want to write that down? It's not about you anymore. It's about us. Now here's the motive. Here's the motive for this type of submission. Number one, marriage is a picture of Christ's relationship to the church. And then finally, here's what he restates the commands. And it's basically we are called to submit to our spouses. You want to write this down. Here's what the area of submissions are. Because we're all supposed to submit to one another. So, for the wife, the issue of submission is respect. Respecting the leadership. For the husband, the issue is loving her to meet her needs. Loving her to meet her needs. Does anybody know what her vehicle of telling you what her needs are? Does anybody know what the, the, the vehicle that she uses to communicate her needs? It ain't silence. Okay? Yes, it's talking. And I know that drives you men nuts, but 
That's how she communicates to you what her needs are. And you need to give her that time. In fact, I was just with somebody, and he was telling me, he said, man, you won't believe the revolutionary thing in our marriage. And I was like, what? He said, I'm walking with her now, and it's been so wonderful because she, she, I'm carrying 40 pounds of weights while we're walking, and so I, she's keeping up with me, and she's just telling me everything, and that's been so wonderful for our relationship. I'm telling everybody now to do that. Walk and let her talk to you. It'll do wonders for your marriage. What? Well, yeah, you got to be a listener. Okay, yeah, okay. you got to be a listener. That's key, okay? But the issue is allowing her to communicate her needs so that you are aware. Because if there's no communications, you're not aware of what the needs are. And you need to put priority on them over whose needs? Your own needs. Okay? All right, let's... Let's close our time. Next week we're going to talk about two different areas. We're going to talk about uh, family and slaves.